talking intro, isn't that? I like it. Good morning. Ah, that was good. That was good. I like that. Glad you guys are here. Again, my name is Matt Hiltebrand. It's my joy and privilege to be here with you this morning. And if it's your first or second time here, welcome. Glad you're here and decided to join us here at Cam Community this morning to worship and to, to uh, hear God's word and, and to fellowship with one another. So I'm glad you guys are here. We're going to be looking at the last section, the last few verses of Mark chapter 3 this morning. And it, some of your Bibles, you probably have like the different uh, groups of texts that kind of like a little heading on it. Well, the heading for this group is the true family of Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about that this morning. And it's going to be kind of a, uh, a tag along or, or an add-on to what was talked about last week because it's in the same setting of what we talked about last week with Pastor Dave. So this whole idea of family. So family. What, what is family to you? What, what does uh, it mean to be part of a family how does, how does it be, how do you one become part of a family and how do you determine who's in your family? I mean, all very good, very interesting, very thought-provoking questions. Well, I'm going to tell a little bit about what I consider family, what, what makes up some of my family. So in December of 1968, and yes, this year will be 50 years. I know that. I realize that. But I was born into the Hildebrand family. That's my last name, the Hiltebrand uh, family. I was born into that family. And then by default, I was born into the Wallace family. That's my mother's maiden name. So it's Hiltebrand family, the Wallace family. And then you probably heard me at some point when I've given another message and I've talked about this other family that, that poured into my life as a youth and very, during some very uh, uh, formative years, this Foreman family kind of poured into my life and unofficially adopted me and, and helped me during some really rough times uh, when the rest of my family was kind of falling apart. And so um, the Foreman family is kind of part of my family. And then in August of 2002, I married my lovely wife, Nicole. Uh, she'll be here second service. And so by default, um, in marrying my wife, Nicole, I married into the Simmons family, which was uh, her parents' name and her last name. But then also her mother's maiden name was Papanastos. So I married in the Papanastos family. Yes, my wife is Greek. We'll get into that later. <laughs> Interesting story. But, lot, I mean, lots of families, all kinds of families, lots of families that I'm a part of, that are part of, you know, my life, families that have had all some sort of influence or input in my life, some, some positive influence, some negative influence, some, some good input, and some, some harmful input. But all variations of what I would call family. And people become part of a family through all, all sorts of ways, through, through birth, through adoption, through marriage, through duty. We uh, heard about this when, uh, on Good Friday when Jesus was on the cross and seeing his mother and the Apostle John and knowing he wanted her to be cared for, assigned his mother Mary to, to John to be his mother and for, her, for him to be her son. And so through duty and through obligation, people become family. All variations. Okay, that's great. It's all true. So what? What's the point? I mention this because the, the underlining question, the, the overarching question that we're going to focus on today, it's going to be up on the screen. The overarching question today is, what is family to Jesus? 
How does Jesus define family? How, what does Jesus have to teach us about family, about, about our earthly family, about God's family? What, what is family to Jesus? Well, to answer that question, we're going to be looking again at these last few verses in Mark chapter 3, verse 31 to 35. And I'm going to read through these verses, and then we'll start to break them down and go through it um, one at a time. So let's read those verses now. It'll be up on the screen. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who were my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sisters and mother. So let's put this into context. So just prior to these verses, and something that we, we learned about a few weeks ago in Pastor Dave's message was when Jesus assigned the 12 to be apostles. So Jesus had been praying about and praying over these men and finally came to the point where he made the decision, okay, these are the guys. These are the guys I'm going to pour myself into over the next three plus years that will then go out and change the world. And then immediately after, sometime after, we don't know for sure how long after, but after the sign is 12, we get to the, the environment that transpired when what we talked about last week. When he goes into his home, Jesus goes into his home and is immediately surrounded by this massive crowd. And it's, it's something that, again, like Dave mentioned last week, that is very, was very common and happened often in Jesus' earthly ministry, that he would go out in public because of the way he talked with such authority, you know, the miracles he was performing, the healings he was doing. He would just be immediately engulfed by a large group of people. So much so that, like, again, last week we heard that that he couldn't even have time to eat because there's so many people just, in, in just engulfing him and his disciples. And we also learned last week that part of that crowd was the, the teachers of the religious law that were accusing Jesus of being possessed by Satan, that he was getting his powers directly from Satan. And then another part of that crowd was Jesus' biological family who thought he was losing his mind. At least according to verse 21. If we go back to verse 21 that we heard last week, is when his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. So, so Jesus goes from this, this, this high point, this pinnacle moment of assigning the 12 apostles, again, the, the 12 men that he had spent time praying over and talking to God the Father about and having him just, you know, determine who are these going to be these guys that I'm going to pour into and that are going to go out and change the world. From this high point, this pinnacle moment, to, to a point of being accused of being possessed by Satan, by the religious establishment, and being considered nuts by your family and friends. That's fun. I mean, talk about a dramatic downer from a very pinnacle moment. All this to kind of give foundation and context to the verses in 31 to 35. 
So let's look at how this, this little passage begins in Mark 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. Why did they come? Again, if we go back to verse 21, where it says this family was, heard what was happening, and they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. So basically, upon Jesus' family hearing about all the attention he was getting, about all the things that he was professing, all the, the great things that were going on, the massive crowds that were surrounding him, to the point where he couldn't even eat, and, and the, the animosity that was developing between him and the religious leaders. All these things he seemed to, to be fo- what they'd be focusing on, and they appear to have to sought out to rescue him and take him away. Now, we can most likely assume that Jesus' mother Mary was not part of the family that considered him, you know, maybe delusional out of his mind. Because, I mean, think about it. Mary was actually uh, approached by an angel of God before she even became pregnant, saying that she was going to give birth to the Son of God. Although she may not have fully grasped the full extent of what that meant yet, but I, she could have been just truly concerned about her son's safety and well-being. However, Jesus' brothers, as we see in other verses in Scripture, did not believe Jesus to be who we claim to be, at least not yet. I mean, they very well could have been some of those people talked about in verse 21 that said, he's out of his mind. He's delusional. At least at this point. Because we do learn after the resurrection that Jesus' family do believe Jesus to be the Messiah, the Son of God, and James, one of Jesus' half-brother, becomes a, a leader in the early church. But again, at this point, they're just greatly concerned about Jesus and think he is delusional and possibly worried about his safety. So they travel to where Jesus is at, and they try to get his attention. But they can't get to him because the crowd is just so massive. I mean, you've probably been in a crowd before where there's enough gaps and spaces where you can kind of meander your way through. Well, apparently it wasn't even that. It was just so dense that you could not get past that outer layer of that group. They're stuck on this outer edge of this massive crowd. So they decide to send a message to Jesus through the crowd from person to person until the message finally reached the inner circle to where somebody close enough to Jesus could actually say to him, Oh, hey, Jesus, your mother and brother's outside. They want to talk to you. I mean, it's kind of like the game telephone. Who's, who's all played the game telephone as a kid at some point? Yeah, I mean, probably all of us, right? And so it's basically one of those games where you, you get like a line of people, or sometimes it could be a circle of people, and you whisper something, and, and that first person's ear just you know, loud enough for them to hear and no one else to hear, and they kind of pass the message on until it gets all the way to the end of the line or completely around the circle. And it's interesting to hear what comes out at the end. It's usually not the same thing that was the message given at the beginning. Or if anything, it's maybe a very shortened version because you know, somebody may hear part of what the message was, but they don't remember hearing all of it, and you can only say it once, and so they just say the part that they, that they heard, and then it gets shorter and shorter. So what Jesus' mother and brother said at the very beginning, we don't really know. It could have been this whole diatribe of information about why they wanted to see Jesus, but bottom line, all that we know is that when it got to Jesus, it's like, hey, your mother and brother are outside. They want to talk to you. That was it. So how does Jesus respond? 
Jesus, this is interesting, Jesus responds, and he, he does this often as well. Jesus responded to this request with a question. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? I mean, is, is Jesus actually truly delusional that he doesn't even remember who his own biological family is? Of course not. He uses this interruption to teach a greater truth. A truth about our earthly families and about God's family. I mean, Jesus was good at this. And he did this often about taking everyday moments and then diving down and teaching a greater spiritual truth in and from that everyday moment. So what then is Jesus wanting to teach us in this situation? Well, again, the overarching question today is what is family to Jesus? To help answer this question, I want to I drill down a little bit further with two sub-questions. And the first sub-question I want to talk about is what does Jesus teach us about our earthly families? What is family to Jesus and what does Jesus teach us about our earthly families? So Jesus had just been sent this message through the crowd that his biological family is outside wanting to speak with him. Does he just get up? Does he just stop what he's doing? Does he say, okay, everybody, we've got to put this on hold. Okay, all the stuff I've been telling you, all this message, all these things of God that, that I'm, I'm telling you about, the kingdom of God, we're going to put all that on hold because my family needs to 